When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Lurking Fear by H.P. Lovecraft The Shadow of the Chimney, Part 1 There was a thunder in the air on the night I went to the deserted mansion top Tempton's Mountain to find the lurking fear. I was not alone, for thoughtfulness was not then mixed with that love of the grotesque and the terrible, which has made my career series a quest for strange horrors in literature and in life. With me were two faithful muscular men for whom had sent, when time came, men long associated with me in my ghostly explorations because of the peculiar fitness. Finesse. We had started quietly from the village because of the reporters who still lingered about the Etheridge panic of the month before the nightmare creeping death. Later, they thought they might aid me, but I did not want them then. Would to God I have let them share the search. I might not have to bear the secret alone so long to bear it alone. The fear the world would call me mad or go mad itself at the demon implications. The thing, now that I'm telling it anyway, leads to brooding make, brooding make me a maniac. I wish I never concealed, concealed it, for I and only I alone know what men of fear lurked, that spectacle, a desolated mountain. A small motor car recovered the miles, primitive forest and hill, so wooded ascent checked it. The century born and expect more than usually sinister. We viewed it by night about the accustomed crowds of the investigators, so we were often tempted to use accelerate accelerating headlight and beside attention it might attract. It's not a wholesome landscape after dark. Believe I would have noticed it more fully, even so I was ignorant of terror that stalked there. Wild creatures, there were none. They're wise when death leers close. The ancient lightning scarred trees seemed unnaturally large and twisted. Other vegetations unnaturally thick and feverish, with curious mounds and hammocks in a weedy, Fogocative pitted earth, reminded of snakes and dead men's spells, well to dramatic proportions.
feared and lurked on Tempest Mountain for more than a century. This I learned at once from newspaper accounts, the catastrophe which first brought the region to the world's notice. Places remote, lonely evolution of partless cat skills. The Dutch situation only once feebly and transcendently penetrated, leaving behind as it did receded only a few mined mansions. During the great squatter population, inhabiting pitfall hamlets, vice-eat slopes. Normal beings seldom visit the locality till the state police were formed. Even now, only infrequent troopers patrol it. Fear, however, is an old tradition throughout the neighboring villages. Since it is a prime topic, it's simple discourse. The poor Mongols who sometimes leave their valleys to trade her and women baskets such primitive necessaries they cannot shoot, raise, or make. Lurking fear dwelt in the shunned and deserted Mentonese fanchion, which crowned the high but gradual eminence whose liberty, liberty, the frequent thunderstorms, gave it the name of Tempest Mountain. For over a hundred years in Tweak Creek, Grove circled stone house, being the subject of stories, incredibly wild and structurally hideous, died of silent colossal creeping death, which stalked around in summer. The insistence insistence, Godless told tales of a demon, seized lone pharaohs or dark, either carrying them off or leaving them in a frightful state of nor disembodiment. So or sometimes they whispered the blood trails towards the distant mansion. Some said the thunder called Loki fear, fear of its habitation, while others said the thunder was its voice. No one that said backwards had believed these carrying, these varying and conflicting stories in the current exaggerate descriptions of the half lips framed. That yet a farmer or villager doubted the Mentonese mansion was ghoulishly haunted. Doggishly forbade such a doubt, though no ghostly evidence was ever found by such investigators as he visited a building or some especially valid tale, every tale, squatters, grandmothers told strange myths of Mechanese, sector, myths concerning the Mechanese family. Itself, its queer heraldry, its similarity of eyes, its long and natural annuals, and murder which had cursed it. The terror which brought me to the scene was sudden and portentous confirmation of the man's widest legends. On summer's night, after a certain thunderstorm, unprecedented violence, the countryside was railed by squat. Squatter stampede, which no mere delusion could create. Pitiful thongs of natives shrieked and wailed. At the neighbour horror which had descended upon them, they had not doubted. They had not seen it. They heard such cries from one of their hamlets. They knew a creeping death had come. A morning citizen of the state troopers followed the stuttering mountaineers. The place, they said, a death had come. Death was indeed there. Round and one squat village had caved in after lightning stroke 
trying several of Mondronius' shanties. Upon, but upon this property damage, the superposed organic devastation repelled it into significance. Possible 75 natives been inhabited this spot. Not one living specimen was visible. The earth was covered with blood of human debris, just speaking too vividly the ravages of human teeth and talons, yet so no, no visible trail led away from the conch. As some hideous animal might be the cause of everyone. Quickly agreed, not even it, nor did any tongue now revive the charge. As such cryptic deaths found merely the sorrowed, solid murders, common, decadent communities. The charges revived. Only when 25 of the estimated population found missing from the dead. Even then, it was hard to explain the murder of 50 by half that number. The fact remained that on a summer night, a bolt had come out of the heavens and led the dead village whose corpses were merely mangled, chewed, and clawed. He cited countryside immediately connected the horror, the haunted Mentonese convention. The localities were over three miles apart. Troopers were more skeptical, including the mention only casually. In investigations of dropping it altogether, they found it thoroughly deserted. Crouching and village police, however, like I canvas the place, infinite care. Overturning everything in the house, sounding ponds and brooks, speeding down bushes, ransacking the nearby forests. Always vain and death, the calm had left no trace save destruction itself. By the second day, the search affair was fully treated by newspapers, whose rules reporters overran Tempest Mountain. He described it as much detail, with many interviews to elude. Adjudicate the horrors of mystery, history were told by local grandsons. I have followed in council inquiry. At first, I'm a connoisseur in horrors, but after a week, I detected the atmosphere which stirred me oddly. Said on August 5th, 1921, registered among the reporters, the Crown Hotel at Leferet's Corners, nearest village to Tempest Mountain, a large headquarters of the searchers. Three weeks more, this personal report has left me free to begin terror restoration based on the minute inquiries and surveying which I had meanwhile busied myself. So on this summer night, a distant thunder rumbled. I left a silent motor car, tramped with two armed companions up the last mound, covered the reaches of Tempest Mountain, casting the beams of electronic torch, spectral grey walls that began to appear through great oaks ahead. The morning night solitude and feeble shifting illumination, the vast boat's light pile, this had played obscure hints of terror, which they could not over- uncover. Yet I did not hesitate, since I had come with fierce resolution to test an idea, bleed at thunder called the death of the men, not out of some here fearsome secret place, 
be the demon solid Antony of vaporous pestilence I have meant to meant to see it. I had fairly chosen search of ruin before, hence knew my plan well. Choosing the seat of my vigil, the old room of Jan Mentonese, whose murder looms so great in the overall legends, I felt subtly. The apartment is ancient. Victim was best for my purposes. Chamber measuring about 25 feet square, contained like the other rooms, some rubbish which had once been furniture, lay in the second story. My southwest corner of the house, immense east window and narrow south window, both of the void, the panes of shutters. Opposite large window was an enormous Dutch fireplace with scriptural tiles representing prodigal sun. Opposite the window, spacious bed built into the wall. As tree muffled thunder grew louder, raised my plans details. First I fastened side by side a ledge, large window, three rope ladders, which I brought with me. I then I reached a simple spot around outside. I tested them. And three of us dragged them over from another window, a wide four post of bedstead, crowning it literally against the window. Having spawned it with four hour barrels, it and they all now rested on it with brawn automatics, two relaxing, while the third watched. From whatever direction a demon might come, a potential escape provided me. Provided came from the house with the window ladders. We'd get outside the door and the stairs, we'd not think judging for precedent. It would pursue us far even at worst. I watched at the midnight to one o'clock, and she spite the sinister house, unprotected window, and approaching thunder and lightning, felt singly drowsy, and between my two companions, George Bennett, having been to towards the window, William Tilby, fell towards the fireplace. Bennett was asleep, having apparently let the same on the Tonestranus, which affected me, so I designated Tilby. The wakes watch though, even he's nodding, it's curious how intently I've been watching the fireplace. The increasing thunder must have uh, uh, affected my dreams. In a par- brief time I slept, it came to me apocalyptic visions. Once I partly woken, probably because of sleeper towards the window had freshly flung an arm across my chest, but not suddenly wakened to see whether Toby was attending to his duties or simple, or felt the distinct anxiety on that score. Therefore, I had the presence of evil so potently pressed me. Later, I must have dropped asleep again, for it was out of phantasmal chaos, and my mind leaped, and night grew hideous, with shrieks beyond anything. In my former experience of imagination, imagination, that shrieking in the most soul of human fear, agony crawled, hopelessly, insanely, ebony gates of oblivion, a woke red madness, a mockery diabolism, further and further down, civil visas, a phobic and crystalline anguish retreated, reverberated. There was no light, 
I knew from the empty space on my right that Toby was gone. God alone knew, knew whether across my chest still lay the heavy arm of sleeper at my left. I came in a devastating stroke of lightning which shook the whole mountain, lit the deepest crypts, horny grave, and splintered the patriarch of the twisted trees. The demon flashed a monstrous fireball, the sleeper suddenly up sunny, while the glare from beyond the window threw his shadow vividly under the chimney above the fireplace, from which his, my eyes had never strayed, and I am still alive and sane as a marvel. Cannot fathom, cannot fathom it, for the shadow on the chimney was not of Joy Burnett or any other human creature, but a blasphemous anonymity of hell's nevertheless most craters, a nameless, shapeless abomination which no mind could firmly grasp, only grasp, a pen could partly describe. There was second, the lone accused mention, shivering and gibbering. Joe Bennett and William Toby left no trace, though even a struggle they were never heard of again. Part two, a parcel in a storm. For days after that hideous experience, in a forest swayed mansion, lay nervously sorted in my hotel room. Alfred's corners. I do not remember exactly how I managed to reach the photo car, start it, and slip observed back to the village. I retained a no distinct impression, save the wild, um, wild armed treacherous trees, Dominic mutterings of thunder, curled shadowed shadows, a fault in low mounds that dotted and streaked the region. So I shivered and brooded on the casting of that brain blasting shadow. I knew, at last, at last primed at one of Earth's supreme horrors. One of those names blights or the outer worlds, those faint demons scratchings we sometimes hear in the furthest rim of space, if on which of infinite vision was given us merciful immunity, shall have seen I hardly dared to analyze and identify. Sometimes being that lay between me and the window that night, I shuddered whenever I could not cast off the instinct so to classify it. For I only snarled, obeyed, or laughed, tittering me, even that would have relieved my abysmal hiddenness, but it's so silent, it rested a heavy arm and foreleg on my chest. Obviously, it was organic, or it had once been organic. Germanities, with room I invaded, were buried in a graveyard near the mansion. I must find Bennett and Toby, where they lived. Why had it picked them? Let me, left me for last. Drowness is still stifling. Dreams are still horrible. Short time I realised I must tell my story to someone to break down completely. I already decided not to abandon the request of my lucky fear. For my rash ignorance, it seemed to me that uncertainty was worse enlightenment. However terrible the latter might prove to be. Coolly, I resolved I mind the best course of to pursue. Whom to select for my confidences, and how to track down the thing which obliterated two men and cast a shadow, nightmare shadow. My chief acquaintances of Leferet's corner been affable reporters, whom several had still remained 
collect final echoes of the tragedy. It's from these I determined to choose a colleague. The more reflected, the more my preference inclined towards one Arthur Ramon, a dark, lean man, about thirty-five, education, taste, intelligent temperament. All seem to mark him as one not bound to conventional ideas and experiences. Afternoon in early September, Avonroe listened to my story. I saw from the beginning he was both interested and sympathetic. When I finished, he should analyse and discuss the thing with great shrewdness and judgment. Advice, moreover, was definitely practical. For he recognised the postponement of operations. Only his mention until we might come forth with more detailed historical geographical data and his intimate initiative the cone in front of information got in terrible mentalese family discovered a man possessed a marvelously emanating and ancestral diary he also talked at length with some of the mountain mongols as they not fled from terror confusion remoter slopes Range of seed or climbing tars, climbing tars, associated with defensively its explanation, a mansion light of its detailed history, they have equally exhaustive and definitive explanation, but stated with the various tragedies of squatter legend. Volts's explanation were not as first very enlightening, though a tabulation, and now they seem to reveal a fairly severe trend. Namely, the number of reported horrors was by far the greatest in the area since Coventry avoided a house or connection with it by stretches of mobility now undernourished. However, but there, there were true exceptions. Indeed, a horror which had caught the world's ear happened in treeless space, remote like. From the mansion and for many connecting woods. By nature and appearance of the lurking fear, nothing could be gained from the scared and witless shanty dwellers. Same breath that they call a snake, a giant thunder god, or a day back the voucher, a walking tree we did have deem ourselves justified, assuming it was a living organism, highly susceptible to electrical storms, though certain. The story suggesting wings. He believed it was subversive to open spaces made local land locomotion. A more probable theory, anything really compatible, compatible with the later view of rapidity which a creature must have travelled in order to reform all the deeds attributed to it. When we came to know the squatters better, he found them curiously delightable in some ways. Similar animals they were, gently descending of elementary scale because of their unfortunate ancestry and stifling insulation. They feared outsiders, but slowly grew accustomed to us. Finally helping vastly, when we beat down all the thickets and tore out all the partitions I mentioned in our search for lurking fear. When we asked them to help us find Bennett Toby, they were truly distressed. They wanted to help us. They knew these victims were gone as wholly out of the world as their own missing people. That great numbers of them had actually been killed or removed, just as the wild emmers had long been exterminated. We were, of course, thoroughly convinced. We waited apparently for further tragedy to occur.
In the middle of October, puzzled by any, our lack of progress, I enter clear nights, no demonic discretions taking place. Completeness of our vain searches of the house, country almost drove us to guard lurking fear, non material agency. Fear the cold weather would come and halt those situations. All agreed that demons dreaded quite in winter. Thus, there was a kind of haste and desperation in our vast daylight canvases. The horror of few visited Hamlet, Hamlet now deserted because of spiritual fears. The ill fated squatter's hamlet had borne no name, a long stove in a sheltered, sheltered fur through treeless cleft, between two elevations, could respectfully Cone Mountain and Maple Hill. It's closer to Maple Hill than to Cone Mountain. Some of the crude abodes, indeed, being dreaded out to the side of former eminence. Geography, Lee, it lay about two miles northward, west, base of Tempest Mountain, three miles from Oak Creek Mountain. The distance between the hamlet and mansion, fully two miles the quarter, hamlet's side was entirely open country, a plain being in fairly level character, save as some of the low, snake-like mountain mounds, having as vegetation only grass and scattered weeds. Reading his topography, he finally concluded the demon must have gone by way of Cone Mountain, a wooden straven prolongation, which ran to which so short distance of the most spur of Tempest Mountain, the evil of ground we traced conclusively to landslide from Maple Hill, a tall, lone splendid tree, which side had been striking point thunderbolt which summoned the fiend. As for the twentieth time or more, after and I went smoothly over every inch of the military village, we filled with certain discouragement, covered with vague and noble fears. We could be uncanny, even with the frightful and uncanny things were common, and counted so blankly clueless. The scene which, after which such overwhelming occurrences moved about beneath the leaden, darkening sky in a tragic Directionless veil, which results from a combined sense of fertility and necessary action. Our care was gravely minute. Every cottage was gamely entered. Every hillside dug out again. Search for bodies. Every thorny foot adjacent. Slope again scanned for. Dens and caves, all without result. As yet, I have said, vague new fears move hovered immensely after over us. As if a giant back winged graphophoids looked on trans- cosmotic gulfs. As the afternoon advanced became increasingly difficult to see, and we heard a rumble of thunderstorm growing out of Tempest Mountain. The sound of such a locality naturally stirred us, for less we would have done at night. It was, we hoped, desperately the storm would less until well after dark, and a hope turned from our aimless hillside. Searching towards the nearest inhabited of Hamlet to rather together body squatters as helpers, investigation timid as they were. The few of the hunger men were significantly inspired by protective leadership that promised such help. It had barely 
more that we had hardly more than turned ever when they were descending such a blinding sheet to rent rain and shelter became imperative stream most nocturnal most eternal night darkness of sky causes us to double badly by guided by the frequent flashes of lightning by one minute knowledge the hamlet we soon reached the less porous cabin of the lot and a hesitant combination of logs and bulls with still resisting door and strangled tiny window both face mounting to the top bowing the door against us against the ferry the wind wind and rain put in place this crude window shutter with our frequent searches that taught us where to kind find the dismal sitting there of rickety boxes of factory fountains we smoked pipes and cages flashed off pocket lamps about now and then we could see lingering from cracks in the wall. After it was so incredibly dark, with each flash was extremely vivid. The first stormy vigil, it reminded me suddenly my ghostly night at Tempest Mountain. My mind turned to the old question which might kept recurring ever since the nightmare thing that happened again i wondered why demon approaching the three watches either from the window of the terror began with the men on each side left the middleman till the last titan fireball had scared it away why had he t- taken a victim on natural order i only myself second from whatever direction they approached if what manner of too far reaching tentacles did it pray I didn't know that I was a leader and save me for worse fate than that of my companions. Amidst of these reflections, it directly arranged to intensify them. Then here nearby, terrific bolt of lightning, followed by a second sound of sliding earth. Same time, the wolfish wing rose to a permanent crescendo's oscillation. We were sure that one tree and maple tree hill was struck again among rose rows from the fox. I went to the tiny window to certain the damage. They took down the shutter of the wind. The rain held deftly in, so I could not hear what he said. But I waited until he leaned out and tried to fathom natural pandodolium. Gradually, a calming of the wind, a dispersal of unusual darkness, told of poems passing. I had hoped it would last into the night to help our quest for the furtive sunbeam from the nut hole. Behind me, removed as likelihood of such a thing. Suggesting that Monroe better get some light, even if there's some showers came, and barred and opened the crawling door. Ground that came outside was a single mass of mud and pools, with fresh heaps of mud, earth from slight landscape side. But I never saw nothing to justify the interest which kept my companion suddenly leaning on the, at the window, crossing to where he landed. I touched his This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. 
and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details shoulder but he did not move then as crazy shook him and turned him around i felt the strangling tentacles of a conscious terror horror his roots reached her into limbs of past feminist abysms or night that bruised beyond time father Lowe was dead on that what remained of his chewed a gorge head was no longer a face Part three. What the red glare meant on the tempest wrecked night of this November eighth, nineteen twenty eight, with a lantern, with the last canal shadows, I stood digging alone, idiotically at the grave of Jan Mentonese. Began to dig in the afternoon, because the thunderstorm was brewing. Now it was dark, and the storm had burst above the manically thick foliage. I was glad. I believe that my mind was partly unhinged by events since August 5th. Demon shadow in the mansion, general strain, disappointment, thing that occurred at Hamlet in the October storm. Of that thing, I had dug a grave on one whose death I could not understand. Knew the others could not understand either, so I let them think off a road and wandered away. They searched but found nothing. Squatters might have understood, but I dare not frighten them more. I myself seemed strangely callous. The shock of my hansom done something to my brain. I could not, I could think only in a quest of horror. Now grown a cosmetic struck statue, imagination of quest for the fate of Arthur Moreau made me vow to keep silent and solitary. Seeing him at his activations would alone have been enough to have unnerved any only man. Faithful primal trees and holy size, age and grotesqueness, leered above me like the pillars of some hellish druidic temple, muffing the thunder or hushing the crawling wind. 
emitting but little rain beyond the scared trunks in the background. Illuminated by flash, faint flashes of filtered lightning, rose the damp ivied stones of a deserted mansion, like well, somewhere nearer was a abandoned Dutch garden whose walks and beds were polluted by white fungus furoid, overnourished vegetation, and never saw that full daylight. And nearest at all of all was the graveyard, whose deformed trees tossed insane branches at their roots, displaced and hollowed slabs, shut vermin, vermin with which lay below. Now and then, beneath the burn pale leaves, rutted, fisted in an empty, delivian forest darkness, I could trace the sinister outlines of some of those low mounds which characterized a lightning-pierced region. History had led me to this archaic grave. History, indeed, was all I had after everything else landed in mockery. Satanism. I now believe that lurking fear was no material being but a horror wolf ghost that drove the midnight lightning. I believe because the masses of local tradition unearthed in such a revival row that the ghost was that of Jen Mendes who died in 1765. In 1762, his wife digging it's a godly in his grave. Mentonese mansion was built in 1670 by Jarrett Mentonese, a wealthy new American Amsterdam merchant, disliked the changing order under British rule, structured his magnificent do sale, about Woodland Summit, whose untrodden solitude and usual scenery pleased him. A substantial disappointment carried in his sight was that of which concerned the perseverance a violent thunderstorm in summer. When selecting the hill and building his mansion, Madahir Menes allayed his frequent nurture outbursts, some peculiarity of the year. The time he seed the locality was especially liable for such a honour. At length, having found his storms incongruous to his head, he fitted up a cellar into which he would retreat from their wildest pandemonium. A dreaded descendants less than known of himself. Since they were weird by hatred of the English civilization, trained to shun each reconnaissance as the second of it, their life has seen excluded. Clearly, the people declared their insulation made them heavy the speech and comprehension. His appearance all were marked by a peculiar inherited disparity eyes, one generally being blue and the other brown. Their social contacts grew fewer and fewer, till at last they took them into marrying in numerous menial class above the state. About state. Many accredited family generations moved across the valley, merged in one population, later produced the pitiful squatters. A rest was struck sullen by ancestral invention, came more and more clannish and taciturn. But delivering a nervous responsiveness to frequent thunderstorms. Most of this information reached the outside world through young Jan Mentonese, who, as some kind of restlessness, joined the colonel army. The news of the Abney Convention 
reached Tempest Mountain, his first adroit descendants to see much of the world. He returned in 1760, after six years of campaigning, he hated as much outside of his father, uncles and brothers, in spite of his dissimilar, dissimilar meant in his eyes. No longer could he share the curiosities, prejudices of Mandarin's, while the very mountains thunderstorms failed to intoxicate him, said before. Instead, his surroundings oppressed him. He would frequently wrote to a friend at Elby a plan to leave the pentral roof. The spring of 1763, Gerald Gifford, Jonathan Gifford, at Benin, friend of John McDees, and these became worried by his comprehensive silence, especially in view of the conditions of crawls and amended these mansions. Determined to visit Jan in present person, he went into the mountains on horseback. The diary states that he reached Tempest Mountain December 20th, finding the mansion great deprivation, deprivation. Sullen old eyed Vandalese, with some clean animal aspect, shot him, told him in broken gruntles that Jan was dead. He had, they insisted, struck by lightning that the old had before now lay buried behind, behind the neglected sunken gardens. They showed a visit of grey, barren and devoid of markets. Something the Mendonese's manner gave Skirford a feeling of repulsion and suspicion. A week later, his body turned a spade and won it to explore the sequential spot. He found what he expected, the skull crushed cruelly, as if by savage blows. Turning to Emily, he openly charged the Mendonese with old murder with their clansmen. Legal evidence was lacking. The story spread rapidly around the countryside, and from that time the Mendonese were outstripped by the world. No one would deal with them. And their innocent manner was shunned, cursed place. Somehow they managed to live independently by product of their state. For occasional lights glimpsed from the far away hills, wasted a continued presence. These lights were seen as late as eighteen ten, but towards the last they became very frequent. Meanwhile they grew up about the mansion, the mountain, a body diabolical literary, place avoided with double Asidories and invested every whispered myth tradition could supply remains and visited till 1816. 16, when the continued absence of lights was noted by squatters. At that time, a party ran made investigations, finding the house deserted and partly in ruins. There were no skeletons about, said Parchment, rather than death was inferred. The clan seemed to be left several years before. Improvised penthouses showed how numerous it had grown prior to migration. migration. Cultural level had fallen very low, proven by decaying furniture, scattered silverware, which must have been long abandoned when it left, owners left. Though through the dreaded Mandanese were gone, the fear of the haunted house continued to grow very acute when new and strange stories arose among the mountain descendants. Where it stood, deserted, feared, and linked with an eventual ghost, Jan Mendonese, there still stood on the night a dug in Jan Mendonese's grave. The sky with protracted diggings of the Arctic 
such as indeed it was an object of method, covering gem and genes had soon been earthed, and they all held only dust and nitrate. But in my fury of zoom the good ghost, I delved rationally and clumsy down beneath where he had lain. God knows what I expected to find. I only felt I was digging for the grave of a man whose ghost stalked by night. It's possible to say what monstrous depth I attained when my spade soon my fate broke down broke for the ground beneath. Bent and circumstances were tremendous, for in his existence of the subterranean space, here my mad furies had terrible confirmation. My slight fall and distinguished lantern, I produced electric pocket lamp and viewed a small environmental tunnel which lay away definitely in both directions. His ample large enough for a man to wiggle through, and though no same person would have tried at that, that time, I forgot danger of reason cleanliness, and my single-minded fever to unearth the lurking fear, choosing direction towards the house, scrambled recklessly into the narrow burrow, squirming her head blindly rapidly, and flashing the cell on the lamp I kept before me. A language can describe a spectacle of a man, Loss of divinity, invisible earth, pouring, twisting, wheezing, scrambling madly for sunken convulsions of immemorable darkness, blackness, without an idea of time, safety, direction, a definite object. There's something hideous in it, and that is what I did. I did it for so long, a life faded to far memory. I became one with the moles and grubs and empty, lady depths. Indeed, it was only by accident, after inimitable waverings. I jarred my forgotten electric lamp alight, so it had shone eerily along the burrow, a cape loom stretched and curved ahead. I had been scrambling this way for some time, so that my factory had turned, burned very low, and a patch of sunny inclined, struggling up ahead, would, altering my mode of progress, as I raised my glance, it was reparation I saw glistening in the distance. Two dramatic reflections my inspiring lamp. Two reflections growing with banal and inexplicable effort, effort glints, provoking manly, numerous, mem- numerous memories. I stopped automatically, though lacking the brain to retreat. The eyes approached yet of the thing that bore them. I could only string his only claw. But what a claw went far overhead, heard a faint crashing, which I recognised. It's a wild thunder of the mountain, great to hysteric fury. I must have been crawling upwards the same for some time, so the surface was not quite near, and a muffled thunder clattered. Those eyes still stared with vancarious viciousness. Thank God I did not know what it was else I should have died. I was saved by the very thunder that had, that had summoned it. After hideous weight, there burst from the unseen outside skies one of the most frequent man-side drop bolts, whose un- aftermath I had noticed here about gashes of disturbed earth and frequencies of various sizes. The Cyprian range it tore through the soil above the downward pit, Binding him definitely, but not yet wholly reducing me to coma. Chaos of sliding, sliding, 
Slightly in shifting earth, I crawled and flourished, floundered helplessly till the rain I had steadied me. I saw I come to the surface of a famous spot, a steep and charred place, the southwest of the slope of the mountain. A current sheet lightning illuminated the tumbled round and remains a curious low hammock, which stretched down from the wooden higher slope. But there was nothing in the chaos of slow my place, aggress on a lethal captain. My brain was a great curse of the earth, as distant red glare bursts on the hill landscape. Myself, I hardly realised the horror I had been through. But when, two days later, the squatters told me a red glare meant, I felt more horror than which the mould burrow and clawed eyes had given. Horror because of the overwhelming implications. Hamlet twenty miles away in a fear, orgy fear, I followed a bolt which brought me above ground, a nameless thing, a drop from an hanging tree to weak roofed cabin. Being had done, had done a deed, but squatters fired the cabin frenzy because it could escape. It had been doing, if it did, it had been doing that deed. At the very moment the earth caved in on one, one thing, on the thing, in on the thing, the claw and the eyes. Part four, the horror in the eyes. There can be nothing normal in the mind of one knowing what well, he knew of the horrors of Tempest Mountain, the seek alone of fear that lurked there. At least two of the fear's embodiments were destroyed, formed by a slight geometry of the mental, physical safety, the acheron of Mountitude, Derbibbism. I continued my quest with even greater zeal of events, revelations, became more monstrous. When two days after my frightful call for the crypt of eyes and claw, learned a thing immediately hovered twenty miles away, same instant eyes were glaring at me, expected visual conservations of fright, but that fright was so mixed with wonder, luring grotesqueness, that it was almost a pleasant sensation. Somewhere in the throngs of the nightmare, when unseen powers well over the roofs of strange dead cities, towards the winding chasms and knees. I leave. It's a relief, even a delight to shriek wildly and throw oneself voluntarily along the hideous vortex of doom, dream doom into whatever Botman's gulf may yawn. And so, in a walking nightmare of Tempest Mountain, discovery two months as a haunted spot gave me utterly. A mind craving to plunge into the heavy earth, cursed region, bare hand dug out the death, and leered from every inch of the poisonous soil. As soon as possible, I visited the grave of Janmanites, dug vainly where I had dug before. Some extensive caving had obliterated all traces underground passage. I rain and washed so much earth back into investigation, I could not tell how deeply. I dug the other day. Otherwise, I made a difficult trip. The instant hamlet, the deaf creature had been burnt. A little repaid. I was a little repaid for my trouble. As is the faithful cabin, found several bones, but apparently none of the monsters. Well, as I said, the thing had only one victim. But then this, I judged them inadequate. Said besides the great skull of a human being, another bony fragments which seemed certainly to belong to a human skull at some time. 
Through the rapid drop the monster had been seen. No one say just what the creature was like. Those who glimpsed that it called it simply a devil, examining the great tree where it lurked. I could not stand the distinctive marks, found to try to find to trail to dark black forest. But on the Cajun, this Cajun could not stand the sight of those morally large boils, or those serpent-like roots that twisted so relentlessly before this, they sank into the earth. The next step was to re-examine them with microscopic care, so did Hamlet, whose death had come abruptly, where Arthur Moreau had some, seen something he never lived to describe. From my vain previous searches, I've been exceedingly minute. I now had new data to test my horrible months of crawl. You convinced me that at least one of the phases of the been an underground creature. This time in the 14th of November, Quest concerned itself mostly the slopes of Cone Mountain, maybe hill where they overlooked the unfortunate hamlet. I gave acute attention, loose earth and landside region, latter eminence. The afternoon of my search brought nothing to light, and dust came as they stood on Manicor Mountain, looking down the hamlet and across the valley of Tempest Mountain. It had been a gorgeous sunset. Then the moon came up very full and shredding a flood, silver flood on the popular plain. The dismounted side of crisp mounds, mounds of rose here and there. It was a peaceful Akronian scene. But knowing what I, what it, I hid, I hated it. I hated the mocking moon, hypocritical plain, freshening mountain, with sinister grown mounds. Everything seemed to me tainted by lonesome crow. Contagion by by nutritious alliance, distorted hidden powers. Presently, I gaze abstractly to moonlight panorama. My eye began attracted to something singular in the nature and arrangement of certain topographical element, without having any exact knowledge of geography. I have, for the first, been interested in the third bounds of hammocks, a region. I noticed that very prettily widely distributed around Pampas Mountain. Though less numerous than the plain, less near near the house itself. Perseg transformation, the doubtless found the opposition striking fantastic caprices. Now in the light of the low moon, which cast long wee shadows, it struck me forcibly at various points and lines of violence's air system. Peculiar revelation Summit of Tempest Mountain, a summit of Undynamo's centre for the lines of rows of points rated indefinitely and irregularly, as if wholesome man's knees mountain, mansion thrown visible tentacles of terror. The day of such tentacles gave me such plain thrill. I stopped to analyse my reason, but even his mounds blessed rule. Phenomena. I more assessed, analyzed as less. I bleed against my newly owned mind began the grotesque and horrible energies based on superficial aspects upon my experience beneath the birth. For I knew it, I uttered frenzied, dissuaded words of myself, my God, hill moles, the dying place must be comacombed. How many I might not mention? They took Burnett and Thornby first, each side of us. 
When I was digging frightening to the mound, which had stretched nearest me, digging desperately, shivering me, but most almost vividly, digging the last last shrieking loud from a place of motion, they came upon a tunnel burrow, which just like the night like the one called on the other domanic night. After that I recalled running, spade in hand of hideous run across the moonlit and round mountains and through diseased preparuses, precipitous abysses, haunted hillside forests, leaping, screaming, panting, bounding towards the terrible Mandanese expansion, a old digging, reading in all parts of barrier choked cellar, digging to find the chore and scent of the malevolent universal moulds, mounds. I now recall how I laughed and I stumbled on passionately the hill as base of old chimney, where the thick weeds grew and all past queer shadows in the light of the lone candle. I happened to be have, happened to have with me, where I still remain down the hell hive, lurking, waiting for the thunder of rails. I did not know two had been killed, perhaps they had been, had finished it, but that still they remained a burning determination to reach into the most secret of the fear which I had once came down to deem definite material and organic. The excited speculation, speculation, indecisive, the indecisive speculation, whether to explore the passage alone, immediately with my pocket mic, the tri-assembled band of squatters, quest directed the time a sudden rush of wind from the outside, blew out the candle, left me in stark darkness. The moon was no longer shone for the clinks and apertures above me. The sense of false alarm, full alarm, found a sense of significant rumble, approaching thunder. A confusion of social train, ideas possessed my mind, leading to me grope back towards the covert corner of the cellar. My eyes, however, never turned away from the horrible, opening the base of the chimney. I began to get a glimpse of crumbling bricks and the hay feet. Weeds of where it glows of glowing lightning, faint glows of lightning, perpetrate the weeds outside, illuminate the clinks of a wall. Every second was consumed with a mixture of fear and curiosity. What would the storm call forth? Or was it anything left for it to call? Guided by a lightning flash, I settled myself down behind a dense clump of vegetation, though which I could see the opening without being seen. His heaven was as merciful. It's still some day emphasis for my consciousness. The sight that I saw left me alone live. I any last years of peace, not sleep at night now. I have to take bombardments when it thunders. The thing came abruptly and announced a demon, rat like, scurrying from its pit, remote and unmanageable, hellish painting, stifled grunting. Then from the opening beneath the chimney, a burst of botanous and liberous life, loads of might spoiled flood of organic corruption. Most uh, more devastating hideous blackish contradictions of morbidly madness and morbidity morbidity seething, brewing, surging, bubbling like serpents, rolling, rolled up in out of rolling holes. Spreading like septic Caucasian, steaming through the cellar at every point of regress, steaming and scattered through the accused 
Midnight forest is strewn fear, madness of death. Oh, knows how many men there were. There must have been thousands. The sea is streaming them with faint intermittent lightning. was a shock. When they thinned out enough to be glimpsed, the single organisms, I saw they were dwarfed, deformed, hairy devils of apes. Monstrous and diabolic characters of a monkey tribe. A so hideous sonnet, a hardly a squeal. When one of the last stragglers turned with skull, long practice, skill, with skill long practice, make a meal, a custom fashion, vegan companion. I was snacked up when it left and ate with a slivering, leaving relish. Then, in spite of my days of fight, disgust, my morbid crossly triumphed. And as the last of my atrocities oozed up alone from either world or unknown nightmare, through my atomic, drew my atomic pistol and shot it in a cover thunder. Freaking, slimmering, tormenting shadows of red visionless madness chasing one another through the endless, instinguished corridors, purple, fanguculous sky, formless phantoms, kaleidoscopic mutations, or ghoulish remembered scene, man, forest of Montreux, ominous oaks of septic. Servant roots twisting and suckling and lame, memorable juices, but earth memorous of millions of Campbell or devils, man like tentacles groping from underground nuclei, protoperious man version, inane lightning after midland vivid walls, demon echoes choked with ferrous vegetation. Heaven be thanked for the instinct, but let me unconscious to places where men dwelt. To the powerful village that slept under the calm skies of clearing skies. Covered enough in a week to send for Albany for a gang of men to blow up the Mandalese mansion. Tired top of the table mountain, red mountain with stymonate. Double the scrambled mountain round barrels. And destroying certain overnourished trees whose very existence seemed to insult my sanity. I would sleep a little after that they had done this. A real true rest will never come as long as I remember the name of Sreka, the lucky fear, the thing will haunt me. The vulgar say that extermination complete, the anomalies of phenomena do not exist all over the world. Who can, in my knowledge, think of the earth's un- unknown caverns, but a nightmare dread for future possibilities? I don't see a well of subway entrances without shuddering. Why cannot the doctors give me something to help me sleep or truly calm my brain when it thunders? But I saw the glow of the flashlight that shot the unspeakable staggering object. The simple, almost a minute, minute elapsed when I stood and kept, went delirious. The object was nurserous, a filthy, white grid of thing with sharp yellow fangs and matted fur. It was the ultimate product of Mentalian degeneration, frightful outcome, I say sprawling, ventripulation, cannibal nutrition, above and below the ground, your body and all the snarling, gnarling chaos and learning fear alert behind life. It looked at me, it died, its eyes were some same old quality, it marked those other eyes which stared at me underground. Inside, cloudy re- recollections. Oh, and I blew 
The other was brown. They were December. Men to these eyes are old legends. I knew the one underrated Kazadun. Voices horror. I come one of the vanished family. The terrible and thunder crazed house of the Mantonese. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.